So welcome to the Rise of the Super Bean podcast. I'm Vanderson Pires, our producer is Callan Walker, and our guest today is Kath Cooper. So before we started, uh, this episode is brought by you by Combat Room Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. If you want to learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in a safe environment, meet cool people and learn a very powerful skill, come to see me and my team at www.combatroom.co.nz. So just a quick reminder about the rise of the Super Bean Purpose. So we've been um, doing those those really cool interviews with awesome people to bring their expertise, to give us tools to take us to the next level. Because I think it's a really good... Uh, I think we are living this moment now. I think lots of mm. people are discussing more, uh, talking more about uh, about love, compassion, being open, uh, the importance of uh, mental health, uh, to look mm. after ourselves, not only physically, mentally, spiritually. And I think we are living this momentum, this really good moment when um, everyone it's it's trying to connect with each other for the intention mm. of uh, bring the best of us because... Um, we are doing well, but I do believe we can do better, right? We can we can make mm -hmm. something better. You know, we're still dealing with so much suffering on the in, in this world, and I think uh, the more we combine our strengths, and this is the way we can make a change. Yeah? And mm. you are one of the the people who has been doing lots for for the community. I know you now for you know 10 years yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you've been helping me with the the kids classes since that no was the the beginning and zeke your son and kind of my son in in some ways <laughs> we're gonna talk about this story yeah you know was was the first the first um kid at the kids classes so thank mm -hmm. you so much for your time so i'm gonna introduce a little bit of what you've been doing okay and this sure. is just a small introduction because you've been doing way more than that but just a quick uh, so you know our audience can know a little bit about about your yourself. So Kefe, it's a strength-based life coach based in Wellington. She uses a strength assessment to identify your unique talents, and her straight-to-the-point coaching helps you to learn to apply those strengths. Kefe loves to see people unlock their awesome. She's worked with uh, people at crossroads in life team leaders with a desire to bring out the best in their teams and also couples you know what's really pertinent because today it's valentine's it day <laughs> and couples who want to to better understand one another her coaching is delivery in a way that is personal and unique to each situation and individual right hi hi <laughs> so kev can you please tell a little bit about your background? So you've been a teacher for, for quite a while. You have a mm. master's degree, and now you're doing your doctors, right? Yeah, that's right. Busy life, thing. Eh? Yeah, really busy <laughs> life. So I'm studying at the moment at Victoria University, and I'm doing an educational doctorate. And that's awesome. It keeps my brain really busy. And mm -hmm. sometimes I want to stop, but I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been working in early childhood since 1996, so that's wow. a really long time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I currently work as a lecturer, so I, as a senior lecturer, I teach people to be early childhood teachers, and I love lots about my job. I love seeing the growth 
and the progress in students as you see them going through the years, that's really, really fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, you've referenced Zeke, he's my youngest son, and he started doing jiu-jitsu when you approached my brother-in-law, Wayne, to mm-hmm. see if he wanted to do a kids' class. Yeah. So yeah, Zeke was one of the inaugural team members. Yes. Yeah, a long time ago now, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I feel part of the family because you know, I know you, I know Wayne, Leah, you know, and I've been seeing the growth of you know um, all of us, right, together. Mm. You know, and has yeah. been has been amazing. So, mm. Kevin, how how did you how how your journey as a coach, how everything started? How did you became a coach? Yeah, um, some things changed at work, and I still really loved my job, but we had less contact with students, and so I was thinking. That's one of the things that really lifts me up. And I hadn't really done my strengths coaching. I um, haven't done my strength assessment before, but I just knew I loved being with people and I loved talking and, and learning new things as well mm. as sharing ideas. So I did my strengths assessment, my own self, and the ones that I've got that are really strong really lead me to be in a classroom in front of people or helping people, helping mm-hmm. people develop. And so... When I was coached through what my strengths looked like and what they meant and helped me understand them, I just felt like this was an amazing, true representation of me. I felt like it was like, like literally someone had been watching me since I was a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I really wanted to share that knowledge with other people. Uh I saw a lot of people trying to be better at something that they probably were not going to be super awesome at. They were saying things like oh I need to be quieter in a meeting or I need to speak out in a meeting or you know I'm just not really good at this and I feel like we've got a society that that wants to grow and learn and and challenge Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes they find the wrong things to try and grow on so strengths means that you work out what you're good at and then being coached in your strengths mean that you can sharpen those and make them better and better And I think it's easy for me to be better at something I'm already good at. Be easy for you to be better at something you're already good at. You're just building on it. Mm-hmm. You've got a foundation there. Whereas if I asked you to be good at something that you weren't confident in, that would be a real struggle and you'd often put up barriers to make that not happen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, the power of a coaching, it's, it's incredible. I think people yeah. underestimated the, the power of uh, having someone to... Um, it's not a, a family member or a friend to be able to to tell you the truth <laughs> and to, to push <laughs> yeah. you. So, how how are your thoughts uh, um, about that? So, um, what what's the the biggest uh, g- differentiation about from a coach from advice when you get advice from a friend or a family member? Mm. Well, first, I think they go hand in hand. So I don't think people should stop talking to family members just because they got a coach. (laughs) I think you should still ask Emily's advice and I think you should still find your friends and and ask them. I feel a little bit like coaching is a step backwards. A step, sorry, not backwards, but to a a little bit removed from you. So Mm -hmm. if I was coaching you, I could offer you a, a challenge or a whittle that that someone else closer to you might be nervous about asking you or I might you might share something with me that you feel vulnerable about because you know that when our session's finished I'm going to walk away or that's and I've created a safe space for you to share but I'm also not going to 
bring that up unless you want to bring that up later on. So if you said I'm feeling very scared about doing podcasts, mm-hmm. <laughs> I might look at we might look at your strengths and put them on the table and say, okay, so which ones will you use? If this is your dream and you really want to do this, let's have a look. What have you got? How can mm-hmm. we make this work for you? Yeah. But sharing with someone that you want to do something but you're not sure about it can be quite a vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. And Kev, did you did you have any any coaches uh, as as you grow up? No, I don't think I had a lot of coaches as I grow up. Mm. Um, I do know that I've nearly always been learning something. So, with the Gallup Strengths Model, one of the um, strengths is called learner. So, a really really strong desire to learn. Mm-hmm. So, I finished my diploma and I taught for a couple of years, and then I did a degree in early childhood and I taught for a little bit longer and then I did a postgraduate and I did the masters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I did a couple of Māori language courses mm. and then I started my my doctorate so I think what I did is I got those education mentors so I got people talking to me like early childhood gurus like Jenny Ritchie and Carmen Daly are people that I Sue Jerrington they they talk to me like mm-hmm. and yeah, I get loads of amazing advice from them as well. I have had some coaches on and off during the years, but I haven't had one consistent coach all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you have a coach right now? Do you have kind of and not really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a friend who's trained in a different coaching style, and so uh-huh. we we swap sessions with each other. So Tanya uses her coaching knowledge and helps me, and then I use my strengths knowledge with her, and so we coach each other on a regular basis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think time to time, kind of, you know, the people we met uh, influences her yeah. a lot, and um, so at the moment I, I, I've, I have a coach, so her name is Maxine Walker, and we talk, uh, you know, about lots of different things, but mm. one of the things was really interesting about uh, coaching, and I, I had no uh, awareness of that, is that idea of... Um, you know, so she always she always say to me, coaching it's it's future oriented. Mm. You know, past oriented. It's it's more therapy and requires another type of uh, uh, expertise. Yeah. Huh? yeah. What, what do you think about that, Kev? Um, I think that there's a. I, I don't disagree with her. And for strengths, what we would look at is what you're naturally good at, and we would encourage you to take some steps further forward. Mm-hmm. I do feel that there is some value in having a look at what you've done well beforehand. And it sounds like Maxine's kind of saying therapy is coming to peace with things that have happened in the past that might not be awesome. Mm -hmm. But I do think that when I think about the things that I'm good at, that they've been a thread through my whole life. I've been consistently good at learning. I've been consistently eager to learn. I've been consistently seeking out learning. And that helps me be my whole self right now so there's a balance I think Mm -hmm. yeah but I I do like to talk to people about what we can achieve and I do like to think about how we can move forward yeah Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, that's interesting so Kev just for someone who um, because has lots of um, uh, misinformation as well about coaching so Mm. for example people think about uh, uh, if I see a coach it's because I have a problem (laughs) (laughs) what what are your views on that so what type of people um, uh, needs a coach 
for me, I think all people could benefit from a coach. Yeah, and I, I think, agree. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, podcast finished. Um, but I think one of the things, I think what happens is that when people get to a crossroads and when they've finished kind of talking to the people in the immediate circle, they then want something else. So I think people start seeing a coach because they've got a challenge. And so that, by default, makes people think they have to have a challenge to see a coach. <laughs> I've got to need a problem. Um, but I think the people that I coach are people that say, I'm on maternity leave. I'm not really sure what I want to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to re-enter the workforce and I want some I want some feelings about what I'm good at so I can put that in a CV. Um I've got a breakdown in communication with my significant other, like they're uh-huh. really exasperating me. I need to see them in a positive light. I need to see what their strengths are and what mm-hmm. that looks like. Um, and then I've just coached people because they're kind of curious about working together in a team. So I do a lot of teamwork. So if you were a team leader, I would coach you on your strengths and then I would coach the individuals in your team on their strengths. Mm-hmm. And then I'd run some team building sessions. So I would talk to them. So when Kath's got learner, it means that she's going to be curious. She's going to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Vanderson's got command, and that's a great one. When you are struggling with something, Vanderson's going to come to the front and take the team, and, and we will all go off nicely. So mm-hmm. those are most of the people that I've been working with, like making sure that teams know how to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, That's awesome. Mm. Did you notice what's the most common struggles um, you see people going through? What's the most common traits I think the challenge that most people come up with is the sense of self-worth. And I think that that was a massive turning point for me. So Mm. when I took my assessment, I wasn't feeling super awesome. I was feeling okay, but Mm -hmm. there were some little doubts about what my abilities were, were kind of of creeping in. And when I looked at my strengths and when I was coached through the report and what it was saying and applied those ideas to my own life, I thought oh, no, I'm actually pretty cool. I'm a pretty awesome person. And yes, I can, you are. <laughs> I know that sounds a bit corny saying it yourself, but I think that's one of our challenges in society. We don't say, actually, I'm a cool person or mm. I'm really good at these things. And mm. that's that's hard for me to still say, even though I, I know those things to be a truth. It feels funny to say it out loud. Uh-huh. But I can see a massive change in people when I've coached them that they start to feel really animated about themselves. They start to say, this is a cool thing about me. I'm mm. I'm a deep thinker. I love to think about problems. Uh-huh. I love to go for a walk on the beach and just let my brain toss over ideas after ideas. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. So I feel like one of our main problems is that people don't realize how awesome they actually are. And, you know... I'd, you know, in a business, you spend a really long time working out what your tagline is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so mine's unlock your awesome because I really want people to unlock the awesome that they've got in them. It's mm-hmm. My coaching's not about um, making you something different. It's making you the best you. And, you know, that's another corny kind of line. But actually, everyone's awesome. We just need to unlock that so yeah. that people just say, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm I'm good at what I do. This uh-huh. is this is fun being me. Yes. So yeah, I think that's one of our challenges. Uh huh. That's yeah. awesome. Um, the other day was um, 
was very interesting. So that's a famous UFC uh, fighter. His name is Conor McGregor. No, mm. I think he's been really notorious now all over the place. And um, and now he's coming back. It was very interesting because I, I didn't even watch the fight, but I just saw the end. Uh, and I was paying attention on his corner. Mm. And after he, he, he won his fight, it was very interesting because who was on his corner and came to Octagon to, you know, to celebrate with him was Tony Robbins. Ah. Yeah, so that yeah. was so interesting to yeah. me because um, he was a guy, you know, he, he got his peak on his career. And mm. after he was super lost and he was lost in fights and he... And in having someone like Tony Robbins, one of the most famous coach mm. on the planet, mm. right? Mm. No, it's it, he's super. Um, and so this shows that the importance of of a coach and what a, a coach can can help you to achieve. So that mm. for me was super interesting to see that. I got yeah, really excited. Be, yeah. yeah, because for the fact of yeah, this is just one demonstration of it. And it's not even because of the presence of Tony. Robbins itself, but it's for the, the the mental coach, you know, the the because especially those guys, you know, so they have a coach for the the you know wrestling, for Brazilian jiu-jitsu, for mm. the striking, mm. for mm. you know nutritionists, all those things. But now they are seeing the necessity of the the coach for for the for the mind, for the emotions, mm. and, and that's mm. that was so interesting to see mm. that, and I think that tells a really strong message about how powerful coaching coaching yes yeah really so Kevin, what what's um so for someone who have no idea how the session works you know so it's you're gonna go, how that works the person gonna go there lie on the sofa and start <laughs> to you know, tell you they're about their life so how that works okay i don't have a sofa no <laughs> <laughs> um lots of my sessions are done either i come to your house or uh -huh. i can meet you at a cafe or whatever kind of works so oh, my, i love that yeah mm. i love coffee still so <laughs> it's a thing it's a good excuse <laughs> So my sessions work using the Gallup Strengths Assessment Model. And so what that means is I send you a code and you fill in 177 questions. And the questions are unique because they're not binary questions. So that means it doesn't say, do you like being out and about with people or do you like sitting at home reading a book? So the questions help sort out 34 strengths in a particular unique order. So having the same strengths in the top five order, there's one in 22 million chance that someone else on the planet right now wow. will have the same. So they really are unique. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, because you, you sent me the, the, the quote and the code and it was funny because you sent to me and my wife is so dead. So she jumped. <laughs> <laughs> she did she did it first than me. And yeah. after I had to ask you, Kathy, please can you say it again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did and um can you please comment a little bit just so we can see? I'm gonna open up myself here, you know, okay. to tell about my results. Okay? You wanna so, know? Yes, okay. please. Because <laughs> I think that's a, it was so interesting. Um, yeah. I never done this before, you know, yeah. and Emily she did and she was super uh, excited about it to tell me and you know to put on her CV as well. So mm. she just you know uh, became a lawyer and wow. And yeah, mm. so she was super uh, excited about that, and I think uh, that excited me as well to do it. So I did, and, and 
Yeah, it was so interesting. I'd like to to hear your comments now. Sure. Now we're gonna have a, I'm gonna have a private. <laughs> You're gonna be vulnerable now. Yes, <laughs> my private yeah. coach session here. So please. So have you read it? Have you had a yes, look? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Okay. So was there anything that that really stood out for you that made you think, "Oh, that's definitely me." Oh, holy! Oh, I think the first one um, yeah. was about connection. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's that's my. That's you. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so important to me, and I mm. think it was so interesting because that I wasn't expected that one come first at all, and I, mm. I, I don't. I've, actually, I'm, I wasn't expecting anything, but it was so interesting to see that because that's one of the things I, I, I you know, I constantly trying to work more on. You know, it's about connection, connection with mm. people. Mm. So when I saw that you had connectedness in your top five, which in the short form it says, people are, who are especially talented in connectedness have faith in the links between all things. They believe there's few coincidences and that almost every event has a reason. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how long we'd known each other and thought there's so many times you've said to me, I don't know why we're doing this, but we're just doing this. <laughs> or when I said to you, the, the kids' class is getting too big, you need a manager. And you said, thank you, Kath, I accept your offer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm not quite sure I offered. But you also talked about, you've talked other times about coming to New Zealand and, and why you decided to come to New Zealand. And we worked together with that jiu-jitsu role outside the DSB arena to, save, to raise some money for Christchurch Earthquake. So... Mm-hmm. All those things for me, when I know those things about you, I thought, oh, yeah, of course you've got connectedness. <laughs> <laughs> so your next one's Achiever. Achiever. Yeah, yeah, so that's an insatiable desire to keep doing something. Mm-hmm. So I have Achiever really high too. Mm-hmm. So we have a running list. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we very rarely um, celebrate something because we know there's always something else to do. Yeah. So our, our challenge as Achievers is that we do actually need to stop and we need to say, whoa, this is awesome. I've done my first podcast. I need to do something celebratory. And even if that's a book in the sun or a, a little coffee out mm-hmm. or and then when you get to 10 podcasts, you need to celebrate. Yes. <laughs> um, because what achievers do is they set really high goals. And so you'll go to bed at night and you'll think, okay, I've got these things to do tomorrow. And we don't often say go to bed tonight and say, oh, it was a great day. I got lots done. Yeah? Because there's always something else. Yeah? <laughs> so true. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so people will often say to me, I, I do a lot of different things, and they say, how do you, how do you, my sister Leah says, how do you do all of these things? But, but Achieve is the thing that gives us a great deal of pleasure as well. So for someone else, that would be exhausting. Yeah? Mm-hmm. For people with Achiever... We really like that feeling of doing. We really like having something to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then paired up with you, it's pretty awesome. You've got Activator. So Activator <laughs> just wants to get on with it. <laughs> so not only do you know what you're doing, but you want to get started. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're the person in the staff meeting that says, okay, we need to stop talking. We just, yeah, need, to, we just need to get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> and if someone brings you a challenge, so in the jiu-jitsu room, if someone says, oh, the couch is in the wrong way, you'll say, so move it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. So you do, you're not a person that so slows down and you, like it just feels logical to you to, mm. to get to, to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Like 
you're not going to stand around and say, oh, you know, let's try it five different ways. Mm. <laughs> that's strategic. <laughs> that's me. That's what I've got high. Uh, um, you've got learner as well. So an insatiable desire to know more. And, yeah. and learning's really fun. Learning this way when you've got a high learner means that you don't have to do academic learning. You want to learn about how the podcast works. You want to learn about um, how to make that cup of coffee, how to do that little artwork on the coffee when you get it. How do you, how does how does this get made? What does this do? So you might be a curious person. Mm. Well, I know you're a curious person. Yes. You ask questions <laughs> about people. And even the act of doing a podcast and interviewing people will really satisfy your achiever and your learner as well. Yes, yeah? so true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you feel really happy when you've learned something new. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and command is an awesome one, especially for a team leader. It puts people at ease. So command means, says, especially talented in the command theme, have presence. They can take control of a situation and make decisions. So that would be about all the places that you've, that you've tried to run a jiu-jitsu and now you've settled on a really awesome place. Mm. Command means you say, this isn't working, people, we need to do something different. Mm -hmm. Or if you're trying to run a session and people are kind of milling around, you coming into that space and saying something means that people will naturally look at you. Mm. So someone with low command can sometimes get lost in a crowd because they don't have that aura or that presence or... You've just got this quiet expectation people are going to pay attention to you. Mm. And by default, people pay attention to you. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought yours was an awesome set of skills. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. I was yeah. super happy. Yeah. And, and, and just to see the, the, yeah, the, the questions, it's so interesting to know things I never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. And, Kef, what what's the science behind of this test? Well, it's pretty extensive, mm. and I don't want to get too many numbers wrong, so if mm. you're really interested, <laughs> Google Gallup strengths, mm. and they've got lots and lots of research behind them, but they do a lot of tests. They do a workplace um, assessment, and you can any, any company can do that, and it's about kind of the mental health of the people in your workplace. So at the moment, they say 22% of people don't like their job, so that's quite a big amount. That's almost like one in four people don't feel like they're using their strengths at work. Wow. Mm, yeah. So, massive. yeah, it is massive. Mm. If you kind of look around a general office area, you think two of these people don't, three of these people don't feel like they're having a good day because their strengths aren't being used, mm -hmm. then that makes it really tricky. So with Lunar and Command, an activator, if you were asked to sit at a desk all day and repeat a job, one after the other and, and not talk to anybody and don't do anything different, you'd probably move jobs. Yeah. You're nodding. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's not for me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so people need managers and team leaders, and that's why I like working with teams a lot, is they need to kind of tap into what people's strengths are. Mm -hmm. When people like and use their strengths, they have a greater satisfaction at work. There's less likely opportunity for them to move. Mm -hmm. So if you were my manager and you knew that I liked learning, you might come to me and say, I'm interested in doing a podcast. I'd really like to know what kind of equipment I need. I need to know where's a good place for it. Can I give you this task to bring me back that information in a week's time? Mm -hmm. So then that really fuels my learner. I say, yeah, let me, let me go find all those things out for you. Mm -hmm. And so when you tap into the people that you work with strengths and ignore their weaknesses, 
So I'm a really chatty, outgoing person. I like knowing things about people. I like meeting new people. So if we were doing an event, don't put me in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah? yeah. <laughs> Nothing's going to get cooked because I'm just going to keep popping out to say hello to somebody. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you can put a quieter person in the kitchen, someone that doesn't want to talk or interact with people. Give them that job. They will love it. Mm. Yeah. Don't put them on the door. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they won't love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you talk to, them about, talk to team leaders about what their strengths are and you talk to the team leaders about what their team's strengths are and then you talk to everybody collectively about how to allocate those strengths to tasks that need to get done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I love it. Mm. And Kev, what, what's make a good coach? Well, I think a really good coach has to work out quite qu- quickly a nice rapport with the person mm-hmm. and then they also need to test and understand when to push and when to pull back. Mm-hmm. So if I was coaching you, I might start the first couple of sessions and, and I didn't know you. I might use words like, what do you think if, or how does it feel when I say this to you? But once we've got our relationship sorted, then I might say, Vanderson, I want to challenge you on what you've just said. So you're not going to necessarily say that in the first coaching session because you need to work out what people want and where they want to be mm-hmm. and how they want you to respond to them. So I think a good coach gets to know the people that they're coaching mm-hmm. and I think a good coach is constantly able to modify their techniques based on who's in front of them. So I would coach you differently because of the things I know about you and also what I know about your assessment. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was coaching somebody else and they had a different assessment, I would tailor that to them. Mm-hmm. Mm. So one of my ones is is communication. So I like to talk a lot, yeah? Mm-hmm. So when I coach someone with communication high, I have to be really careful to make sure they have a lot of space to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I coached somebody and I was thinking, this is really hard. They're not giving me a lot of banter. They're not kind of, I feel like I'm really working hard to build a rapport. And they had unlocked all 34. So all their communication ones and their relationship ones were at the bottom. And I was like, oh, so they don't have woo, which means they don't really love meeting new people, so they're nervous about me. Mm. They have communication really low, so they can't articulate their thoughts and feelings well. They've got relator low, which means that they don't have a lot of deep, meaningful relationships. And they had something else low as well, and I was just like, oh, okay. So I had to stop talking so much, and I had to be really comfortable with long periods of silence while they thought and what I realised at the beginning of that coaching session is that I'd filled the nervous gap. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't a nervous gap for them. They were just trying to think. <laughs> and I just kept talking <laughs> on top of them. <laughs> so I've modified my practice a lot since that person. <laughs> it's a little bit easier now. Yeah. So okay, on, on, your, on your test, what's, what was the, the first one? Learner. Learner. Ah, okay. Yeah, learner. So can you tell about your five yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah. So I have learner. Uh-huh. So I have an insatiable desire to learn. Right. Love, love, love learning. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, have... this is so, so clear about you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you, if I was a person that wanted to be somebody different and learner is so high in me, then I would start to feel bad about myself. But I think I would start to get depressed if I wasn't able to think about Learning, like, learning's so embedded in me. I lo- I'm curious. I want mm-hmm. to know things. I look things up. I read books. I like nonfiction books. I like 
I like knowing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if yes. I needed, if I decided I had to change that, that would that would be the same as me trying to write with my left hand and get really good at it. Mm-hmm. I just need to write with my right hand and and be excellent at that instead of trying to do this impossible task. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so positivity is number two. Wow. Yeah. So this one's great because I can always see a silver lining. This one can get me in trouble sometimes because you might say to me, oh, I was really late the other day and I was feeling really worried. And I'll say, oh, don't worry, you're not normally late. But what I should be doing is saying to you, oh, that would have been tricky for you because you like to be on time. So Mm. sometimes I will minimize, Uh yeah, because I think, oh, you know, Overall, you're a good guy. You'll never be late for everything. So, uh-huh. yeah. Um, but positivity means that I normally wake up with a good attitude. I normally can see the bright side of something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a bit of a Pollyanna attitude. It means that I kind of just see, I see good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always see the good in people. Yeah. 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 And then I have strategic which means I've got a really cool skill, which means if there's lots and lots of ideas, I could often cut through all the silly ideas and find one or two really good ideas and go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The tricky thing with strategic is we make really great plans and then we do them for about half an hour and then we make another really great plan and we do that instead. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't normally go like this in a plan. We go chunk, 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 off like this. Yeah. Um, I have woo, which is an acronym. I don't love the acronym, but it says winning over others. So mm. I really like meeting new people. I like, um, and then I tie back into my learner. So I ask them questions about who they are and like, oh, what do you do? And oh, how did you choose that jiu-jitsu place? And uh-huh. yeah, so I just kind of do those things. And then communications number five. So I love talking, but I love um, writing a little blog post. I like um getting my ideas across I like doing powerpoints and so in a couple of weeks time I'm going to Auckland for a her story conference and I'm talking about my year of no spending so I can I just like talking about things so yeah when someone asked me to do that I said yes whereas if you have low communication you might say oh no I don't want to do that Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Ah, that's in- so interesting. Yeah, it's mm. so you. <laughs> it is, eh? And then my next ones. So what they say with Gallup is that your top five are your kind of like your very, very key ones. Mm. And they're starting to talk a little bit more about top ten. So your top ten. So for me, I feel like the top five are a really true representation of me. And then my top ten, I say, is a is a full, beautiful color photograph of me that kind of just does everything so super quickly my next one is futuristic I see the future and I can think about it really clearly and I can see a vision for that developer I love bringing out the best in other people like like I do a lot of Mm -hmm. encouragement input heaps of data gathering gather up lots of little ideas and stories and share them Mm -hmm. achiever never ending desire to do something (laughs) and intellection's my last one and that means that I love lots of time to have deep thinking so I like kind of thinking about all sorts of different little things. So mm-hmm. if you said to me, what are you thinking about, Kath? I've always got something to think about. <laughs> I'm always thinking about something. Yeah. That's so interesting. Super interesting. I love it. And Kath, it's, of course, this is a rhetorical question, but uh, it's, um, is coaching an important skill for leaders? No, I think no leaders need coaching. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rhetorical question. 
Yeah, I think I think the tricky thing with co- with leaders is I think there needs to be a definition between a leader and a manager. Mm-hmm. So for me, I say leaders lead people, managers manage paper. So if you're a manager mm. and you're just doing paper stuff, then that mm-hmm. you know that's fine. I think for leaders, they need to know some coaching skills. I think that brings out the best in their team. And I think when you're a leader and you have a strong desire to lift your team up, that also must by default mean you have to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if I was your team leader, I couldn't set you team leader goals. That's not my job. It's my job to help you create space to set your own goals and then to say to you, these are your goals, Vanderson. How can I help you get to where you want to go? What can I do as your team leader to keep you on your awesome track? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think a good leader does. I think they, I think that that's some of the challenges around things like appraisals, where if I was your manager, I have a set of criteria that I judge you against. Whereas I see a slow turn in appraisals where people are, I said, you know, what do you want to do? What do you think? makes you awesome mm-hmm. how can we do more with that yeah mm. Mm. that's interesting and um kev if you could go back on time and give uh, advice to to yourself <laughs> <laughs> what what advice what advice would be well you sent me this question and i've been thinking about it today uh-huh. and i think um I think just a little bit more about believe in yourself mm. and a little bit more about um, there's a funny little saying that says stay in your own track and what it's meant to mean is like don't look over here and try and be this person and don't look over here and try and be this person just stay stay where you are and grow in that space and I think when I was younger and a bit more insecure I would have looked at somebody and tried to replicate them I might have looked at I use the lecturing job as an example I might I've looked around and thought oh that person wears like a, a suit when they're lecturing maybe I should wear a suit when I'm lecturing I'm not comfortable in a suit you know mm-hmm. you'll never see me really in a suit <laughs> and I think I used a couple of years ago I was like oh I tell lots of stories in my lectures and maybe people won't want to know about my stories or my examples And so one time I asked students for some feedback. So I said, what's something that you've loved about my teaching and what's something you'd like to give me some professional advice on? And in that classroom, almost half the students said, I love your stories. They make the ideas that you're talking about, Mm. the theory that you're talking about come alive. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, I am on the right track. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas if I'd started to try and think about not doing the things that come easy to me, like telling stories, then I wouldn't have been my authentic self. I would have moved off my track and it would be uncomfortable because it's not my track. Mm-hmm. So, yep, if I had to go back in time, I'd say, stay on your track. Just be awesome. You're, you're just fine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't get a perm. No. <laughs> <laughs> say, don't get a perm. <laughs> oh, okay. Can you can you tell a little bit about the um, um, I don't know maybe three most influential books for oh, for you? Yeah. Okay. Um, As a coach, uh, I'm going to start with the easy one. I love mm. the Anne of Green Gables series, and I love the fact that Anne. 
of Green Gables is just this lovely story about a child growing up and the struggles that she has. So are you familiar with the story? No, no. Okay. I don't, I don't I'll make it real short. But this sister and brother live together on a farm. They're, old, they're adults. And they send for an orphan boy to come and work on the farm. But there's been a mistake. So Anne turns up and she's a girl. So they let her stay one night with the idea that she's going to go back to the orphanage and they're going to get a boy because it's way back in the day that girls aren't going to be useful. But Anne stays and she has this real struggle because she's got really long red hair and she's got freckles. So she thinks she's not beautiful like one of her friends. So it's just her growing up story about accepting herself and and she's a writer and she loves drawing and she loves exploring and she talks too much. And <laughs> I just think it's just a lovely story about somebody that comes to peace with who they are. Mm-hmm. But she also shares the struggles about who she is as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, um, I love that. That's yeah. Awesome. So that's a good tip for, or for the people who are listening or watching us. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I even going to... Find out more. I'm going to put the link on the description so people can yeah. access. And on Netflix at the moment, there's a um, series called Anne with an E. So it's based on the books. If someone oh. doesn't want to read, they can do that. Ah, that's, yeah. that's good. Good to know. Um, another book or series that I really love is written by Gretchen Rubin. And mm. she's done a lot of research on happiness. So she wrote one called um, Happier at Home. And she did a year where she, each month, she practiced doing something that was going to make her a little bit happier. So that was a really easy one to kind of look at. And then she wrote another one called um, Better Than Before, which is about habit forming. So, um, and that's a lot about accepting yourself too. So she says things like, rather than blanket statements like, if you want to get lots done, just get up an hour earlier. She said, for night owls, no one's going to get up earlier. They're going <laughs> to hate that idea. Or this get up at five o'clock, you know, someone that goes to bed late's not getting up at five o'clock, yeah? Mm. But they might stay up and do an hour at night, yeah? So she said, find out who you are and then use the strengths that you've got to, to get into the habits that you need. Um, there's another one called The Power of Habit, which I read quite frequently and I've lost the la- the author, but if you put a link uh, to yeah, it, that'd be great. Yeah, The Power of Habit, it's... Um yeah, um, I know this book is Charlie something. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's, I, I love this book, yeah. Me too. Oh. And I've realized what I love about it is that he uses so many little stories in it. So when you're, when you're reading it, he's, he creates this like, conversation around a habit and then yeah. he gives an example by using this story. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's one I frequently yeah. use. story about the toothpaste and why the yes. form of it yeah. was created yeah. just to st- Created yeah. that sensation mm. of a, mm. yeah, I found that book so interesting. Yeah. yeah, and even the fact that toothpaste wasn't even wasn't even popular yes. for a really long time. I was like, oh, yes, so <laughs> interesting. Yeah, and I, I think what I, I my my lesson from that book as well was the uh, we can only create a habit if we reward ourselves. Uh, a good or a bad habit is it's only created by the reward you yeah. give to yourself on on the end of the the process. Mm. And that uh, really gave me a clear. And it was funny what you we were saying before about you know we are keeping, we are constantly trying to achieve, achieve, yeah. achieve, and we yep. forget about okay, stop, uh, reward yourself, or enjoy that moment, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, that reward thing was really interesting because Gretchen will talk about um, tailoring the reward as well, and that her rewards are not based on. Um, 
maybe traditional things. So actually going for a walk could be seen as a reward when you've finished a, a task. And she talks about pairing, which is something I've really taken on board. So um, I live high up on a hill. And so if I want to walk my dog, rather than going down the hill and making the walk difficult at the end by coming up, I go mm-hmm. up the hill and have an easy walk down uh-huh. the hill. Um, <laughs> but for a while when I was reluctantly walking, I made a commitment that I was only allowed to listen to a podcast if I walked. So I couldn't mm-hmm. listen to a podcast getting dressed or making dinner. I was only allowed to use the podcast app if I was walking. Mm-hmm. So when I wanted to finish the last part of your podcast, I'll be like, oh, okay, come on, Meg the dog, we got to go. So <laughs> it created this habit of regular walking because I wanted to finish these podcasts. So mm-hmm. yeah, you got to work out oh. get what your motivation is. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And, and Kev, what's, what's your definition of happiness? So mm. it, because, you know, the end of the day, part of your work is trying to Help help people to find their 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 own definition. So, what's mm. your definition of uh, happiness? I think my definition of happiness is kind of contentment, and I mm. think that I love that. Mm. Well, I think the tricky thing with happiness is people think it's got to be like super awesome, mm. and I think sometimes just being content. So, sitting next to the loved one on the couch, having a nice dinner feeling like you've had enough water for today you know those things can make you happy as well but I feel nervous that we've got this new unattainable human goal to be happy and I think that sometimes people get caught up in the idea we have to be happy all the time Mm -hmm. and we don't I think um if we work on a on a percentage rule and you can insert whatever percentage you like if you want to say 70% happy or 75% happy And that's where I think, for me, the contentedness comes in. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a happy marriage. I am happy in my marriage. I'm also really content. Mm -hmm. And I I love being in my relationship. And I love being a parent to my children. But not all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if you had to measure that, you might be like, oh, Kath, you weren't happy last week. (laughs) But actually, overall, I'm really happy. Mm. Yeah. And I think that that's... that's, Yeah, I think that's important to realise that that we don't put happiness so far up that we can't ever get there. We have to feel like happiness is something that we can get to. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's awesome. So, Kev, now I'm going to make some statements I'd like you to comment about. Okay? Sure. So about, you know, having having a coach. You know? so, yeah. Um, one of the benefits, so seems and believes on your potential. Definitely. Mm. I think that a coach needs to see, like you talked about before, with the future going forward. Mm -hmm. So they've got to see a positive future for you. They've got to see that you've got potential. But I think also they could question. So if you said to me, okay, Coach Kath, I really want to like, I need to get up Mount Everest next Thursday. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. Fanderson, I'm going to call you on this one. (laughs) (laughs) You've got some potential here. Uh And I want to support this ambition, but we also need to make it manageable. So I feel like a coach has got to hold you to account Mm-hmm. as well as kind of encourage you and lift you forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so the next thing was exactly that. Holds, oh. <laughs> your, uh, holds you accountable, right? Yeah. Mm. And I think that that's an interesting conversation. So at the end of my coaching sessions, I give out homework. I give them a piece of paper that I ask them to fill in and reflect upon. And that's just for them. So if they want to send it back to me, we can keep a dialogue going, but they don't have to. More about 
taking all the ideas in the in the session and trying to bring it down so it's something tangible they can look at. Mm-hmm. And so holding them accountable is really up to them if they want an accountability coach. I'm, I'm definitely able to do that, but lots mm-hmm. of time people want some space to kind of think things through. Other people say, yep, I want to be accountable for my goals and I want to check in with you each week, and mm-hmm. that's an option as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So gets you out of your comfortable zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think oh, that sounds huh? yeah, yeah. I think I think if you're coming to coaching you probably want some kind of improvement. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're coming to a coach I would expect somebody to want to go a little bit further. And there's a there's a known thing called a ZPD, a zone of proximal development. So there's a circle that looks like this. Mm-hmm. And that's all the stuff you're naturally good at. There's all the stuff you can do your own self and that you can learn to do. And then there's an oval going here. And this is the zone of proximal development. And what that means is you can't actually get into this spot without somebody helping you. Mm-hmm. So we talk about this in early childhood. So the child can climb up the ladder, but they can't negotiate their body over the top of the slide to slide down. So they need somebody to give them either some physical help or some verbal suggestions so that's what a coach does Mm -hmm. so you you can live your whole life in your circle and you can be just fine because those are all the things you can do Mm -hmm. but when you want to get into that proximal development zone that's when you need somebody to push you out of your comfort zone Mm. right vanderson yes i love that so true um yeah another thing expands your thinking Mm. how powerful is that it's really Mm. powerful isn't it because I think people can think, well, let's hope people can think. (laughs) People can think. People can think all the things that they want to think Mm -hmm. in their brain, right? Yeah. But we've got a limited set of knowledge and that all sits inside our heads. You've got your limited set of knowledge that sits inside your head. Mm -hmm. So we either go somewhere and read a book or we go to somebody and say, Vanison, I've got this idea, what do you think? Yeah. Mm. So you will come at your at my idea that I'm offering you with your unique set of skills, your strengths, but also your world knowledge. So I say to you, I don't know, I want to go to Brazil next week. What do I need to know? You're a leading leading expert on on what to do in Brazil, right? Uh-huh. So this is gonna be easy. <laughs> so I have a limited set of knowledge around mm-hmm. that, yeah? So coaches do that for you. So you say, I'm wondering about whether I do this or that, and then the coach says, okay, let's let's unpack that. Let's have a look at that based on your strengths. Let's have a look at that based on your interests, your ability, your desires to actually do that. Is this something you genuinely want to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also I just think, like we said before, we can ask our family members and we can ask our loved ones, but... You know, if you asked Emily about something, she's she's encased in the financials of your relationship, where you live, how you do, you know, what the ramifications of something are. But a coach could say, what would this be like for you without those limitations? And do you want that? Or do you want to stay where you are with the limitations you've got? Mm, I mm. love that. What a great example. Yeah, that's mm. so easy to, to understand. Um, yeah, another very very powerful point is uh, helps you to build personal awareness yeah mm. and i think that's really personal to me as well so my awareness of myself and what my strengths were was a little bit limiting i didn't really know so like i said one of my personal traits is i talk mm. a lot <laughs> um 
but now I kind of embrace that a little bit. And mm. when I know that I talk a lot, I'm okay with talking. But now I know that I talk a lot, I can also stop myself easier because I think, oh, I've had a lot of talk time. I'll, I'll pull back a little bit now. <laughs> yeah. But when I was, so I was born in England. And then when we came back to New Zealand, my grandmother, my mum's mum, drove up to Hamilton from, uh, sorry, drove up from Hamilton to Auckland to collect us. And I was about two, two and a half. She hadn't met me before. So she put me and my mum and my dad in the car and we were driving back to Hamilton. And I was talking, because I talk. <laughs> and halfway down the island, she said to my mum, I just need to tell you, this is not normal for a two and a half year old to talk like Kathleen's talking. <laughs> she has long sentences and amazing vocab. Mm. And my mum, I was the only child and my mum was away from her parents. And so she just spent lots of time talking to me and I just talked. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look at my strengths, you can see they've been there from the very beginning. They've, mm. Yeah. So mm. I just think, yeah, it's personal growth and it's about feeling okay about yourself and saying, actually, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a cool person. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Now I'd like to, to get just a little bit. Um, yeah, that is story. So, yeah, so many stories about you. you know, <laughs> yeah, one I, I, I love the most and, it's, uh, and I think for so many reasons and, um, you know, the fact of, you know, we were talking early before, and um, I even, you know, asked the permission. Talk a little bit about adoption. So mm. you adopt a child, and, um, and you know, that ha- it's the most uh, beautiful, pure act of love and kind, and, you know, someone can, can do for, some, for somebody else. Mm. And my grandmother, she did that for my uncle as well, and, yeah. and kind of for myself as well, because my mom was super young. She had me when she was 17, so she was... Just a baby, and had another baby. So, of course, my grandmother, single mother, um, you know. So she she did that, and and see this, you know, this coming coming from you, you know, it's um, there it's not about talk, you know. This is about doing something so so beautiful, so powerful. <laughs> yeah. So I love that about you. Thank you. Um, another thing as well, it's about this this challenge that you had about being a whole year. Without spending money, just spend forty dollars, right? A yeah. whole year. How is that possible? Can you tell a little bit about this story? Sure. Um, so Shows lots of willpower, lots of yeah. discipline, lots of self control. You know, being minimalist, of course, right? Mm. Amazing. Being a bit grumpy because I couldn't spend any money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, first, why did you decide to do that? I decided to do that. In December 2017, because I thought so many people had said, "What do you want for Christmas?" and I didn't know. I thought, you know, like I've like when I looked around, I thought I've got everything I need. Like my house is full, my family is delicious. <laughs> I'm really struggling to think about something that I genuinely need and and almost anything I desired really. Like. Mm-hmm. And then we were kind of like putting out all those Christmas presents for the kids and making sure that like everybody had at least one because I'm really good at kind of like just buying for one person and going, oh, shit, I've got nothing for (laughs) my kid number two. Um, And I just thought, gosh, there's so much consumption here. There's so many things. And so I thought, what would it be like if I did one year of not buying anything? And I was thinking at the time, 
one, it would be easy, and it wasn't. It was a real pain. But I also kind of thought, I've got so many things that I'm not honouring and respecting. So when you buy something, so like these chairs, you buy these chairs, you think they're a great idea. Right? So when you bought them, you thought, yeah, these are cool. I like Uh these. Yeah. (laughs) Then in two years' time, you think, oh, I feel like new chairs. (laughs) But these chairs are nothing less valuable when you first bought them. Mm. And that, that rollover. So I thought... I felt like I didn't have loads of clothes, but when I put them in a little pile, even before Con Marie, I was like, oh, actually, there's quite a lot of stuff here. So I thought, I need to wear these. I need to use them up. And I had little bits of makeup, and I had little bits of jewellery, and I was like, if I own this, I have to use it up. So I quickly decided I wanted a nail kit, so I ordered that on the 30th of December, so it was the year before. (laughs) Um, and then I wrote some rules. So one of my rules was I was studying. And so I had a regular meet up with my supervisors and my study friends. And so I was still going to buy one cup of coffee a week. So that was in place. Um, I had purple hair at the time and it came from a packet in the supermarket. And so I wanted to keep my hair purple and both my very bald brother-in-law's had a go at my at the fact that I was allowed to buy hair dye. Both of them have said that was a trick. And I was like, hang on, you're both bald. <laughs> so I was allowed to buy hair dye and I was allowed to buy it when it was on special, so I couldn't buy it. And I wasn't going to a hairdresser, so I didn't get my hair cut. And I had to use everything completely up before I could buy anything else. So um, if I was going to use hand moisturiser, I had to use all the hand moisturizer in the whole house and if all of that was gone and there was no other thing I could use as a hand moisturizer then and only then would be allowed to buy something else Mm. yeah so if there was a body moisturizer that can go on your hands so you have to use that Uh right yeah (laughs) so my $40 was um a pen because what had happened is I'd ordered a pen online and it got sent to my sister Leah's house and she thought I'd gifted it to her, so she used it. <laughs> and when I realised where it was and I still wanted it, I brought another one. Uh-huh. Um, and I had a little pair of socks, little set of socks that come in a set of three and they, uh, all of them, I hadn't anticipated this part, so yeah. all of them had got a hole in them, so I bought another set of three socks. And then I made an accident purchase. So I went and got my eyebrows tidied up. Uh-huh. And at the end, she said, oh, this is a good product. You should use this. And I said, okay. And I brought it. And then when I got home, I realized that I'd purchased something. Wow, by habit. Yeah, mm. just by habit. And I think, you know, when you know my strengths, I've got that woo where I like meeting new people and talking. And uh-huh. she said, do this and I said okay (laughs) next minute I've brought something she's the specialist yeah yeah yeah. and so I thought oh this is really interesting I'm really fascinated with my own almost thoughtlessness about purchasing that it just did not occur to me Mm. to say no and so I had to come up with a line so that if that happened again I could say I love that idea but I'll get that next time or mm. not for me today. I don't need to explain anything, but I just, for me, I needed a line to say, oh, thanks, but no thanks, or next time. That's such a good technique, you know, just to think before, to prepare yourself yeah. for the situation. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And the situation was so unexpected, I think I just kind of 
fell into it and I was yeah, like, yeah. ah. So lucky that was just before my birthday. So I gave it to my wife and said, can you give me this on my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> so that was my birthday present. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the entire year. That's mm. amazing. Now you're going to have the opportunity to talk that. So please uh, tell a little bit about this conference you're going to go to Auckland sure. so people can know more about it and maybe someone that's listening watching from Auckland could go and mm. you know have mm. the opportunity to meet you in, in person that would be very cool I'll send yeah. you a link so you can put it in okay but um it's called her story and it's written it's organized by a woman called Gertrude who had a vision to have a hundred conferences with a hundred women at every conference mm. and in a hundred places around the world so I spoke last year in November at the Her Story Wellington conference and the people organising the Auckland conference approached me and asked if I would go to Auckland and tell my story there. So it's a day-long conference where people talk about a whole big range of different stories. People talk about um, overcoming addiction, they talk about tricky childhoods, they talk about... um, setting up schools and in, in places that need schools mm-hmm. so heaps and heaps of different topics yeah mine's mm-hmm. mine's just a little topic <laughs> that's amazing that's yeah. super cool yeah it's real cool so kev thank you thank you so much so if it's someone even I'd, I'd like to talk to you you know if it's someone you know managed to to come this far on the podcast you know maybe getting you know we talk about some discount for the combat mm. room members you know yep. i'd love to I, I know so many people mm. Um, you know, I already have some some people from the club who's seen you and yep. have the sessions, mm. uh, the coaching sessions with you, and mm. and I'm pretty sure after this, more people are gonna be interesting. So if someone it's listening or watching this podcast and would like to get in touch with you, so please give yourself a plug so people can know sure. more about it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and of course, we're gonna put all the information for the ones that are watching on the on the description of the video. Cool. Uh, we're going to put all the information, but for the ones that are listening, um, they're not going to have the same, uh, okay. same opportunity, so please. <laughs> sure. So my name's Kath Cooper, and I do Kath Cooper Coaching, and you can find me at kathcooper.co.nz, sorry, coopercoaching.co.nz, or kath at coopercoaching.co.nz. I'm also on Facebook, and if you want to message me on Facebook and say that you've heard this podcast and book a 90-minute top five session i'll give you a free code so wow yeah. that's there such a go. good deal eh? yeah. amazing that's super cool yeah. so kef again thank you so much it's such a pleasure it was a great conversation thank here. You. so many cool stories and yeah. please keep doing what you're doing you're amazing and you know we're gonna talk more in the future for sure as you know we have lots of things to talk about it yeah <laughs> definitely yeah so thank you so much for your time and my pleasure All the very best. Thank you. Thanks, Madison, for having me.